0: God has hidden meanings in a lot of different places, and the scripture that Casey's gonna come to read is, is kind of one of those, but there's a very familiar statement at the end, although we're we're ending this with a question uh, on this question, on this on this reading out of Matthew twenty-five. So hear these words, very familiar words for us.
1: When the Son of Man comes in his glory, And all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? Holy wisdom, holy word.
0: lenses. The first thing that came to mind when when I began to think about this was those of us who wear glasses and go to the optometrist um, have to sit after our eyes get dilated, and I'm like some of you, I just hate drops in my eyes. I don't know what it is, but it's just ugh. But then your eyes get dilated and everything kind of gets fuzzy. And then you sit, remember, in the chair. And they bring in this thing right in front of you, and it's like these huge, like glasses things. And and the person begins to flip through different lenses. Is this one clearer than this one? Is this one clearer than this one? Click, 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 click. Right. And and finally, you get to that point where where oh, there it is. And and there, it's just incredible uh, the clarity that that kind of comes from that kind of testing, those kinds of examples. And as lenses flash in front of you and, and suddenly many things become clear. But that's not the only pr- purpose of lenses. It's not just to provide clarity. And you're gonna see a bunch of stuff up here on the screens that that are different kinds of lenses. Lenses also do different things. I, I, for instance, you know, uh, these lenses, I normally wear, like this, because they make me look professorial. <laughs> but what would these lenses be for? Reading, reading. reading. right, reading. Or, and you think I'm going to put those on, I'm, I'm probably not. And what's the purpose of these lenses? <laughs> go ahead, John, go ahead and say, to look cool. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. But no, I mean, what, what's the purpose of these lenses? to protect your eyes from the sun and you know being an old skier and having that sun radiate up from the snow and it's just amazing how that happens and and yet we have other kinds of lenses like these and what's the purpose of what's the purpose of this lens and why would i need these underwater be able to see. I, I remember diving in Thailand, uh, scuba diving in Thailand, and the miracle was this this dive company had different kind of lenses for the dive masks, and they had my prescription. And so can you imagine, I mean, diving and, and being able, for somebody who wears glasses and everything kind of like you this morning looks fuzzy, but... but it was just incredible, the clarity that came out of those and seeing the vibrancy of all of this. And then I wear these twice a week. And what's the purpose of these? What is it, true sure. Yeah, it protects your eyes while you're swimming. And the other thing it does when I'm in the pool is I can really see that line and stay straight. All kinds of lenses, but that's not the only thing and the only place that provides us lenses. I mean, you all said, I mean, childhood, right? Is one of those lenses through which we see life. We we can't help it. DNA, even, is one of those lenses that helps us see life. Culture, our economic situation, also frames where and how we see life. Even our race, or our cultural background, is a lens through which we see life. And as dangerous as it may sound, it did come up at first service. I know this is a surprise to you. Women see life differently than men. Let's close it. Let's close in prayer before we go deeper. But no, and and they do. Uh, You know, we can talk about directions and we can talk about all kinds of things, but but that is another lens through which we see life. And for for many of us, the combination of those things, and particularly as we mature and grow older, get refined by life, do they not? I mean, we, we begin to make decisions around our own perceptions. And what we build then is this frame that holds all of those lenses but there is one major missing piece in the lenses that I've talked about and I want to talk about those a little bit this morning and that is our faith our faith in the the Wednesday night class this last week I I raised basically asking the class in a discussion kind of format to to complete seven sentences I want to share those with you this morning and I'm going to pause between each to see what you might respond and I'm not asking you to do it out loud I think that's a little overwhelming for folks but I want you to think about how you would complete this sentence because I will tell you these seven beginnings of sentences were have been debated for thousands of years and even the creeds that we have in our hymnal were the results of some of the debates that came out of these seven discussions The discussions of these seven elements. These seven elements have created incredible diversity and even have created, because of the differences, violence throughout history. Because of the disagreements. I mean, just incredible how people choose to disagree. I mean, I watched it on the stage last night at the Republican presidential debate. And it just became like a bloodbath last night. But how would you respond to these? And I'll go into more detail in just a second. Are you ready? God is. God is. Jesus is. The Holy Spirit is the Trinity, is Eternal, is the Church, is. church leadership is and at the end of that logical set that logical equation is then as is at the end of every logical equation therefore I am I want to talk just briefly about each of those. And I mean very briefly about each of those. I said to Dorothy last night that it's very—it's not very often that what I will do is try and fill in the blanks. Because I see my role more not just as de- helping define or to define specifically or to have anybody in the church sign some document that says, no, this is what we believe and if you don't believe this, then you need to go find another church. I think part of the beauty of being United Methodist is that we can explore all of this together. But I want to give you a foundation upon which, at least through Lent, we can begin to explore these things. Understanding, again, that these were the key questions that defined faith or Christianity throughout history. And I've got a couple other things to add in just a second. God is... What if God is not the top of a triangle? What if God isn't the CEO or president of the corporation? What if God is so much bigger than that and so much greater than that and so powerful and so huge that we can't even begin to comprehend the power of God? But there are moments in life where we experience that power, for me I know that some of those moments come in the backcountry, in the wilderness. And, and you're sitting there and there's a peace that just passes understanding. There's something there that, that you don't really find almost anywhere else. Or on those days when you're looking and it's a beautiful, clear day and all of a sudden, particularly in the winter, you turn a corner and there's Mount Rainier. And, and just how huge that mountain is and how overwhelming the view of it can be. And then the realization that that is but a speck on creation. The tiniest piece of creation. And how massive and incredibly powerful the Creator is. So therefore, Jesus is that which helps us comprehend God. Jesus is that figure who lived at a time and place and responded with such articulation and such love and such grace and even such confrontation as to help us understand with incredible clarity what God is and what God intends. But then there's the Holy Spirit who, in the midst of all of that, also helps us today to empower us, to give us strength, to give us clear direction, to give us the confidence to go and share how we've experienced God with others and helps us recognize those who would want us to share with them and even those that may need it but don't even recognize that yet. And the Trinity becomes this incredible compilation of this. You cannot define it with a triangle. That creates a hierarchy. And what if these are so entities work together so beautifully and so wonderfully that what they create is an opportunity for us to not only experience, but to share our experiences? As we recognize the power of God, the life and teaching, the healing, the power of Jesus, and as the Christ, and the power inherent in the Holy Spirit that fills us. Eternity is all about that. And we think of that word eternity, and what we, I think many of us, immediately go to heaven. When what if eternity? can be experienced right here and right now. And part of what we seek to do in worship is to not only experience the eternal, but to be equipped then to go and share it. That's the role of the church. That's the role of the church. Is to offer a peace that passes understanding and the scripture that Casey read is part of that equation. Because the next sentence offered by Jesus to those on His right hand was, inasmuch as you've done it for the least of these, you've done it for me. Inasmuch as you've done it for the least of these, you've done it for me. But notice the rest of the equation. That those on his right, were filled with direction, filled with understanding, filled with a power beyond themselves that equipped them and empowered them and gave them the courage to do for others, even the least of these. But again, that is also a part of the church. And Christian leadership has to represent every single piece of that. God. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Right? Have to understand the eternal. And it's amazing, once we do that, what happens. But here's the challenge, friends. The challenge is that we have to make choices. And that is a part of creation. We have to choose to experience God. And recognize that we choose to experience that overwhelming power of creation. We choose to take on Christ. And become the hands and the feet and the voice and the eyes and the ears of Christ in the world. We have to choose to do that. We have to choose to open ourselves up to the power of the Holy Spirit. That will fill us. Very much like it did the disciples on Pentecost. And we have to choose then to then share those experiences of eternity, not just heaven, but here on earth with others. And some of those are the least of these. And others, friends, may be our co-workers or members of our families or others that God places in front of us. And we have to choose to recognize that and share that power with them. And then we have to choose to lead. Here's the issue. Almost invariably. From the time that Jesus ascended. What happened in history was a hierarchy was created. Thus the triangle. And I will tell you. I believe the hierarchy continues to exist today. And gets significantly in the way. Of us being able to to share those fundamental pieces of what it means to be people of faith. And we have to weave our way through a hierarchy and weave our way through committees and weave our way through whatever that is. I think more often than not, it gets in the way. I get that we have to have it, but if you look at what it did throughout history, man, it had to have been hard for God to work God's way through all of that in order to continue to allow us to go deeper into that lens of faith. What happens when we understand those seven items and the therefore that comes from those, therefore I am, suddenly we have a frame and a holy lens through which we can see life. Whether it's trying to see those things that are right in front of us close up, those things that may be yet a bit more of a distance or those things even far away. That frame helps us to see it. Let me close with this thought that I know that many in this congregation have had like cataract surgery, right? Other kinds of surgeries that help our eyes see. I don't think anybody was forced to do that. The reason for that is because you want to see with more clarity. Because something has created a little fog in front of you. When we engage with God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, I will guarantee you that God will surgically remove that fog and allow us to see with incredible Clarity. That's the first hymn, Open my eyes so that I may see. This table is a reminder of that. Because what we seek to do is to follow Jesus. And Jesus becomes that example for us. Jesus becomes the lesson for us. Jesus provides the clarity for us. But you know what? It doesn't just jump off the page. We have to engage it. We have to discover it. We have to pray over it. We have to read it and study it and, and and choose to, in a great extent, experience it. But this table becomes that kind of reminder where as He's gathered with His disciples, those closest to Him, He chooses, does He not? Because it says, "...on the night that He was betrayed." Why not just give up at that point? you got a betrayer and a denier sitting there with you. Why not just give up? Because he chose not to and knew what potentially was coming. On the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, This is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you eat of this, do it in remembrance of me. Remember how I lived. Remember the choices I made. Remember the lens through which I chose to live and experience life. And oh, by the way, after the supper was over, he took the cup. And he blessed it. And he said, this is the cup of newness. This is the cup of decision, by the way. The new covenant which is costing me my life in my blood as often as you drink of this do it in remembrance of me the body of Christ broken for us and the cup of Christ (coughs) the cup of the new covenant for us